Growth Igniters Radio, Episode 4, Leading Difficult Star Performers. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement, Inc., enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of growth on the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And with me is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, Pam. How are you doing? Just great today. Terrific. So just to remind people, the purpose of this Growth Igniter's radio series is to spark new insights and inspiration, immediately useful ideas for leaders to take themselves and their companies to the next level of success. So Pam, what's on deck today? Well, how many times have we spoken with CEOs and other top leaders who are faced with this dilemma of having a star performer, or even several stars, who are really difficult, disruptive forces. Oh my gosh, yes. Yes. And it's kind of a double-edged sword, isn't it? It is. You love to hate, well, actually, you hate to love them, yeah, and a lot of people love to hate them. That's true, but you know, it's, it's hard to uh, deal with it because they're producing, but they're also producing a lot of chaos. Exactly. Well, we're fortunate to have with us Dr. Leslie Austin, who is affectionately known as the Lion Tamer, who is an executive coach, psychotherapist, and organizational consultant. She has the unique expertise of being able to help high achievers who create havoc in their companies go from dysfunctional to highly functional. She appears frequently in national and local media, including Nancy Grace and Headline News Network, and there's a lot more. So we're so glad that you're here. Welcome, Leslie. It's my great pleasure. Hi, Pam. Hi, Scott. How are you doing? So, <laughs> so, Leslie, I have to ask, before we do anything else, why do people call you the lion tamer? You know, it's funny how that came about. I was in a meeting with a group of fellow consultants, and I was talking about the kind of clients I worked with primarily at that time years ago, which was very successful dysfunctional people who had very negative behaviors towards other people. You know, the the great, uh, very successful guy, mostly guys, not all, but the very successful guy who's a bully or uh, is terrible to other people or has an anger problem. And uh, I said that when I was hired to coach these guys to so the company could keep them because they were starting to be a, a danger to the company both in terms of not being able to retain employees around them or being potential walking lawsuits. Uh, I said to my uh, co-consultants, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm a lion tamer. And uh, oh. my mentor in the group said, oh, that's your brand. And, you know, it stuck ever since. And I hardly have to say anything about what I do. When I say I'm affectionately known as the lion tamer, people get it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they do. So what are some of the ways that you've seen that star performers can be especially disruptive? And what kind of impact does it have on customer, I'm sorry, co companies, I should say, and uh, teams in the real life? Let me just say one thing before I answer that, and that is using the image of the lion tamer. There are two ways of approaching lion taming in the real lion taming world and also in the coaching world. One is the image of the lion tamer with whip and the chair and the gun and the, the aggressive power over the lion. 
down That's simple. not my model, right. If you notice, my little logo is a smiling lion with a top hat and cane. And that's meant to represent totally positive, totally positive outlook on my clients, a totally positive framework for understanding their aberrant behavior and supporting them to shift it, and a totally positive focus on the outcome. So it's not about remedial work. It's not about punishing. It's not about finding fault. It's about helping a, a difficult person get more insight and learn to behave and perceive their relationships differently so that they really shine all across the board. So this is very important in companies because when you have a star performer who's a bully or nasty to people or uh, doesn't listen or doesn't take leadership or guidance, you've got a problem because you've got uh, a wild horse running around the meadow and you can't necessarily mm -hmm. focus them on what you want. Well, that's Most true. of the time, those people think they're being blocked, and that's because they've been encouraged their entire career to think that they have to be a bully or they have to be aggressive in order to succeed. And that's the first thing I help people understand is actually not only not true, but it's self-destructive to think that way. You know, it's really interesting that you say that because I think compassion is such an important part of being able to be effective in coaching them. And that's well, what yes. you're talking about. A lot of people think compassion is soft and mushy and you make excuses for people and that's not my version of compassion at all. My version of compassion is empathy, alignment, as much neutrality as you can get, and telling the truth so that you have a, a dedication as a coach to a higher purpose. You want to support this person and the company they work in to optimize themselves, to be the very best versions of themselves they know how to be. And if this person is motivated enough to do that, then the whole company benefits, not only financially, but the mood, the culture, all the people they work with, everybody benefits. So empathy is understanding, but not necessarily endorsement of the behavior. Oh, you don't endorse the behavior, but you don't uh, chastise or turn against the person. You have to understand that they're behaving that way because that's what they've learned to do. And that's how they've been rewarded all along in their careers. So often they don't know that there's a better way to be successful. And if they're motivated, and I'll, I'll talk about that in a second, what motivates them to change. Um, if they are motivated, they often become way more successful even than they imagined they could be by taking, a, a, taking the higher road and being much more strategic and much smarter about how they deal with other people while they're accomplishing their goals. Do you have a quick example that comes to mind, Leslie? Oh, sure. Um, most of my early client base <laughs> for many years. <laughs> uh, the, uh, a very, very senior guy in the global derivatives operations department of, a, of an international investment bank who uh, was a total bully and tried to control the guys in his department and threatened people and ran roughshod over them. And yet the guy was brilliant and the bank didn't want to lose him, but they were having trouble keeping, him, keep, keeping people around him and he was costing them a lot. And they were afraid one day somebody would sue them for him being too abusive. And so, the motivation there, and this is frequently the motivation for these kinds of really brilliant, high success executives 
who have bad behaviors that have been supported and encouraged, the motivation is usually that somebody bigger and better than they are in their company says, if you don't get some coaching and do something mm -hmm. about this, we're going to have to let you go. And most of them function in a world that is small enough that if their company lets them go, everybody in their industry is going to know about it. So they're really up against the wall and they are furious. They're angry, they're resentful, they don't want to go for coaching, but somewhere deep down inside, they know something's wrong. And so they're, they're willing to do it. They're willing to do it's it. It's not so much that they're willing, they don't really, many of them don't really have a choice. The smart ones are willing because they know something is up, but they don't know what. So they come into a first meeting with me, suspicious and condescending and uh, petulant and unwilling most of the time. The really smart ones come in curious. Interesting. Almost but nobody comes in excited and motivated <laughs> uh, from this pool of clients. My other pool of clients are really successful people whose uh, skill set is a little uneven across the board. So, for example, I dealt with a brilliant CFO of a multinational energy corporation, a global company, who was absolutely brilliant. All the people in the company loved him, but he was absolutely terrible when he had to present in front of the board and they wouldn't let him speak on investor calls even though he was the most knowledgeable and the most articulate because he was terrible on investor calls. But he was still so a my, star. He was a star, but they couldn't use him fully. And so his possibilities for possible advancement as CEO or another bigger position or more visibility in front of the board, in front of the investors, because it's a publicly traded company, uh, he was very limited and he was very frustrated. So my job was to get him comfortable being fluid and spontaneous in front of the board. And he did it. And he's, he advanced. He's very successful now, even more than he was. So that's the other pool of clients, people who are great, who want to be super great. So here's a question. You've, mm -hmm. you've obviously done a lot of help for a lot of good people who've been uh, difficult. But is there a time where uh, a leader, CEO, has to say, look, We've given you enough chances. Enough is enough. What, where is that bright line? Yes, there is a line, and I've run across it um, only a few times. So my agreement with my clients is that I can guarantee the quality of my coaching. I can't guarantee what your guy's going to do. He has to come fully to the table. He, I'm saying he because the majority of the executives I deal with are male. Not all, but mostly. So mm -hmm. forgive my use of that pronoun. Um, but the, the client is going to come to the table, and I don't know how much they're really going to commit to participating until they start to get to know me. The ones who really commit absolutely can shift themselves and grow and, and optimize themselves. Um, I, I know that sounds like lingo, but they mm -hmm. really learn how to make the best of themselves. The ones who aren't committed, who are still going to be territorial, who are still going to be competing with the boss, who won't let go of insisting that they know better, those are the ones where my agreement with my client is, if this guy won't really commit after a certain period of time, and if he's still showing the same negative behaviors and we haven't been able to shift him, I will by then understand his behavior patterns and personality so well that I will work with you about where to move him in the company, where he'll be optimized and not do so much damage, or if you have to let him go, how to let him go so he won't destroy the company. Have you ever run across a case where 
that person is actually the head of the company at the very top. And there's, what do you do then? Uh, well, the thing is, they would have to be the one that hired me. Ah, uh, okay. So in or the, the worst board, case, in, if there were a board, um, there's still some. There's an individual who writes the check. There's a <laughs> there's a there's always one person who's the authority who ultimately is my client. Okay, and so that's the person I answer to. Sure, that that makes sense. So what yeah. you're saying though is that when you're leading difficult star performers, uh, pretty much there is a lot that can be done, right? I mean, let me let me back up for one second. Do. There's a there's a huge amount that you can do, but you have to understand you cannot lead a difficult star performer. Ah. You can guide them, you can motivate them, you can work with them to support them and encourage them, but you cannot lead them. Why? Because they have developed their whole careers in a leadership mode. And most of the people who are in those kinds of positions will experience someone trying to lead them as either blocking them or competition. And the natural, inst the natural instinct is going to be one to clobber the opposition. <laughs> so, you know, the, the gut response to what they're being asked to do is, no, why should I? I know what I'm doing. Okay, well, that so, is a really good point. Yeah, you have to take a different stance. It's guiding, it's collaborating, it's helping someone be a better success. You always have to align with them that what you want for them is the very best and that they may have a couple of blind spots and you want to support them to get smarter and better and be the absolute best version of themselves they can be. So I always tell my clients it's not about changing yourself to become somebody different. It's about refining and optimizing who you already are and becoming a much better, smarter, more strategic version of yourself. That's a very good point. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Dr. Leslie Austin, the lion tamer, about what can be done to improve leading, or rather now I guess I should say guiding, difficult star performers. Stay with us. You're listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful companies to accelerate to their next level of innovation and growth. On the web at businessadvance.com. For exclusive offers and quarterly Harper reports highlighting emerging trends and issues in the business environment, go to growthignitersradio.com and click the Join Our Community button in the upper right corner. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're talking with Dr. Leslie Austin, the lion tamer, about what can be done to improve guiding, I'll now say, difficult star performers. Leslie, how can people find you? Uh, you can always reach me at Leslie, L-E-S-L-I-E, at Leslie Austin, L-E-S-L-I-E-A-U-S-T-I-N dot com. That's the easiest and fastest way to get to me. Easiest and fastest is always best. Yep. Mm -hmm. So we were talking in the last segment about uh, a lot of the issues of why people can be difficult to lead. In fact, you can't lead a star performer. That's what you were saying. Is that really, it has to be something. To be, you can invite them to be better. <laughs> I like that. You know, yeah, I like you really that. Wanna, you really want to prick their own enlightened self-interest. 
So let's talk a little bit more about that because we were just getting going on that. Can you tell Mm -hmm. us a little more? Uh, Yes. Again, like I said earlier, it's so important to look for and find what's good about this person. What do they do well? And at least from my perspective, because a lot of what I do is help people change behaviors uh, in, in a way that is nothing I do is formulaic. I have to learn every single person's individual behavior patterns and responses, which is why when they do the work and we collaborate together, the kinds of changes they make in themselves are permanent. They feel seamless. I don't want anybody to have a lot of aha moments, but I want them three months later to turn around and say, wow, I'm reacting so differently and so much better. How did that happen? And that's because that person was motivated to learn how to observe how people are reacting to them. So it's a real transformation. It really is. And uh, they have some blind spots often. Um, People in this kind of a situation often don't, know how to read or don't care about reading other people's reactions to them. And that's what gets them in trouble because they don't notice the executive assistant or the administrative assistant who they've just been disrespectful to, Mm. who can absolutely sandbag an important appointment. Hmm. They don't notice that they're rude and they don't see the reaction or they don't hear when somebody's not in agreement with them because they are convinced it's right and they'll just ride roughshod. That's the kind of thing that gets them in trouble. So part of my job is to invite them to get smarter. And here's the line. I don't care whether you actually are this terrible person they're describing you as, (laughs) or you actually, you know, are that mean. What I know is you're being sent to work with me because you're perceived that way. And because you're perceived that way, that means you have the power to create a different kind of PR for yourself by sending out different signals and behaving differently. And in order to do that, you're going to have to get smarter about observing what you're doing and what reactions you're getting. So notice that I am depersonalizing. I'm not saying you're a good guy, you're a bad guy. This behavior is terrible. How could you do that? You can't go there. What you Mm -hmm. really want to say is you have some control because these guys are almost all control freaks. They're very narcissistic. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, so you invite them to learn a different kind of control that will serve them and serve everyone around them. And it's only after I know them that I talk about the highest good. (laughs) Well, that makes sense. You know, sometimes it seems like they really are clueless to the culture that is around them. Is that, that's really what you're saying, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Because they haven't had to tune in. They haven't been required to up to that point in their career. They have been rewarded for being the lone wolf, being the aggressor. But even... But here's the thing, even though they're clueless, they manage to rise up into uh, positions of power uh, over, in many cases, so many people. I mean, I've seen this, and yet they're so desensitized to the culture. It's almost like, it sounds like what you're saying is you have to teach them going back to the basics or help them to learn going back to the yes, basics. I, yes, I do. And and one of the reasons they come to such positions of power are two of the Um, areas of commerce in our culture that are very common in our industry are intimidation and money. Nothing speaks Mm. like intimidating other people, you know, being scary to other people and bullying them into what you want, or making boatloads of money for them and yourself. So our uh, industry has gone through maybe 20 years or so, or a little bit more now, of being very focused on the ends justify the means, and they don't. 
No. Yeah, we, we've seen this a number of times and, and dealt with it ourselves. The, uh, the people who have these folks, difficult folks in the organization, get addicted to, as you say, the money and the production. Let's hit the numbers. And sometimes they're not really noticing how much damage is being done, collateral damage is being done. Other good people are leaving. Other deadlines are, are busted. And it really has to be not just the difficult person who's, who is adapting, but the folks who are living off of their good work. That's exactly right. That kind of toxic behavior um, infects everybody around them and they're living in a toxic environment. People who go home at night having to deal with a bully all day don't have a good, happy, peaceful life because they've been attacked all day. Nobody thrives, therefore the company doesn't thrive. And it's a very fine line, but there are times when a company president or leader has to be brave enough and courageous enough and smart enough to know when to let go of or fire the big money maker because the cost to the rest of the company is too significant. And in every case that I've seen where that had to happen, the entire rest of the team stepped in and the company over the, the slightly long run ended up making far more money. There was far less uh, employee illness, far less mm -hmm. stress, all the side effects the, that, that, you, that show up for a company that are very costly. When, when you have employees that are having stress or smoking too much or eating badly because they're stressed by a bully manager, that's costing your company. Absolutely. Insurance, you know, so there are all kinds of uh, other areas that this leaks over into. So there are cases where no matter how horrified you are that this is your big sales guy, you may need to let him go and let the rest of the organization step up and maybe get somebody else in or not. But you'd be surprised how an organization thrives once the toxic energy is removed. Mm -hmm, it's true. It takes a lot of courage as a leader yes, to be able absolutely. to make that call. And you help Very them with much. that, too. I mean, we yes, do, too. It's, yeah. It's rare. I mean, most of the time, they, uh, companies, to their credit, really want to save, for, in their own interest, they really want to save the star performer if they possibly can. And if the guy is willing to do it, it's to everybody's benefit. It goes uh, so back to being compassionate again and really, really getting that trust and confidence of the other person that you're there yes. to really help them. To me, it's an old-fashioned question of honor. I know people don't yes. use that word now, but it's to, I have a great sense a of great honor word. that I have been uh, engaged to work with someone to help them become the best version of themselves they can be. And I want to honor, and I'm going to use a non-business word, to me, the sacredness of that trust to really be as positive and supportive of that person as I can because I know something they don't know, and that is... They're actually suffering a lot, but they don't know it because they think that's how they have to be. So my goal really is to also help them be a happier person in life. And then everybody benefits, and they make more money, and their company is more successful, and it's a win for everybody. And a winning, a win-win, as they say. Yes. Well, Leslie, we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Dr. Leslie Austin, the lion tamer, about a powerful kind of coaching that can help not only difficult star performers, but others who are difficult to lead. Stay with us. You're listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, on the web at businessadvance.com. 
If you like what you're hearing, don't keep it a secret. Go to growthignitersradio.com, pick episode four, and use the share links for iTunes, Stitcher, LinkedIn, Twitter at the bottom of the page to tell your social media communities all about us. And be sure to subscribe to the Growth Igniters radio series on iTunes or Stitcher so you won't miss a single episode. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're talking with Dr. Leslie Austin, the lion tamer, about how a powerful kind of coaching can help not only difficult star performers, but others who are difficult to lead. Leslie, how can people find you? You can always reach me fastest and easiest ways through my website. It's Leslie, L-E-S-L-I-E at LeslieAustin.com, L-E-S-L-I-E-A-U-S-T-I-N.com. That's right. So we've been talking, and the good news that I'm hearing from the last two segments is that there are really powerful ways to coach uh, people who really can add value to the company, and you can help them to transform, and it's, it's very exciting to hear about your work. Tell us a little bit more, and in fact, let's take it even more, even more immediately useful. What is something that somebody who's listening to this, this radio program, what could they do immediately after listening that would help them with this situation uh, in their own companies? And they're, they're the leader, okay? Okay, sure. Let's say you're the leader or manager of such a person. Um, One very simple thing you can practice, and it's a little bit of a challenge at the beginning, but it has a huge payoff, is sit down with that person, and uh, when they're doing something that you really don't like the way they're behaving, sit down with them and ask them, what's really bothering them? What do they think is wrong that they're trying to fix or make better? What are they trying to change? And just ask it neutrally and get them to tell you what they're really after, what, what's bothering them. And then you can say to them, that's a great goal, but I think the way you're going about it is not helping you enough. Is there a better way you can go around and change what you're doing so you get that goal accomplished, but in a better way so that you can succeed at it? It'll be better for you. It'll be better for everyone else. Now, notice the way I said that. Mm-hmm. I'm drawing on the uh, higher value or the enlightened self-interest of the client. You'll do better. It'll be easier for you. I see that you're not getting done what you want to get done. You have to speak very positively that you are helping serve their goals uh, if they're really the, the profile of this kind of a, a high-success person. Sure, they will be that, somewhat narcissistic, you know, so you have to align with them. Yes, that, that, that makes sense. Of course, as a leader... I guess you have to do some deep breathing first. I mean, if somebody is really getting to you. Well, uh, what you can say, again, compassion and truth. What you can say is, the way you're behaving, I have a hard time with the way you're coming across. So let's see if we can talk together and collaborate so that you can get your goals met, but by doing it differently so that I can be supportive of you. Okay. Well, so that's that's one good thing. Is there anything else that you could suggest? This is a big issue. In fact, when I told some people that you were going to be with us, there were a couple of people who were lining up going, I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's such a big well, issue. 
Here's a very, very basic rule of thumb for you to think about. When you want to give somebody feedback or talk to them, you can't say, uh, you can't do that or that was wrong. What you say is, when you do this this way, the impact on me is this, or it impacts the team this way. So listen to how neutral that language is. Right. When you do X, Y happens with the team. How can we adjust it so Y doesn't happen with the team? You're not and saying, what kind of a dumb bully are you that you're doing mm -hmm. that? And don't you see the team is demoralized? You'll never get anywhere. They'll just clobber you even worse. And so if you adjust so you're not getting Y, then you can get more of Z, what, what you right. want. Okay. And again, the key to the language is neutral, truthful, and aligning with the person you're talking to. You can't blame them or make them wrong, but you can say, look, this isn't working. What do we need to do to get it to work better? so that you succeed more in like uh, self-interest of your client. Okay, Leslie, you've put together a guide uh, to negotiating corporate politics yes. that our listeners can download by going to growthignitersradio.com right. and going to resources. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that and how can that benefit uh, either the difficult people or the folks around them? Sure, that's a very uh, simple and fun base. It's the Lion Tamer's 10 Top Tips to Dealing with Office Politics. And it's a really popular handout of mine because it has a, whole, a, a list of very simple but really powerful behavioral guidelines for how to deal with people in the office and what kinds of stances you need to take, what kind of attitudes you need to have, and how you speak to other people in a way that's productive instead of just backbiting or gossipy or critical. That's great. Yeah, so, very practical. Well, and these are these are excellent things. So, if you were to think about it, summing it all up, is what would you like to leave with uh, us as a last thought? Really, what now. I'd like to leave with you is that even in someone who seems to be the nastiest, most aggressive, terrible bully, who you think nobody wants to be around, somewhere in there is a really good person who means well who for whatever reasons in their life has been supported or trained to be a miserable person. And you've got to dig down underneath to find the little boy or the little girl or the young person who means well and wants the best and connect to that part of them, the good in them, to support them to change. And inevitably, really positive change happens if they'll connect to you. And they feel so much better for doing it. Totally. And so does everyone around them, which is really the point. That's that's uh, very well worthwhile. So, Leslie, thank you so much again, and we hope it's you'll my come great back. Pleasure. I, I think there's will. a thank lot you. more to this uh, this topic, and of course, you talk about a lot of other things where we're not talking about totally dysfunctional types of people, right? Definitely bringing out the best in others. So, we look forward to having you come back. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Okay, well, join us next Wednesday when our guest will be Barbara Weltman, who's a leading authority on tax, law, and finance for small business and author of over 25 books, including the best-selling J.K. Lasser Small Business Taxes and the 1001 Deductions and Tax Breaks for Business Taxes. Very timely. We're going to be talking with her about how business leaders can be better prepared to face crises and whatever else the world throws at them. Thanks for listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. 
To check out resources related to today's conversation, including the Lion Tamer's Guide to Corporate Politics, join our community and subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. Go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode four, and click on the appropriate links under resources. Until next time, this is Pam Harper and Scott Harper wishing you continued success and leaving you with this thought. Be mindful of what you do, because wherever you go, you do impact others. Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio are service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, All other uses, including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated, are prohibited. All rights reserved.